Welcome to Code 99 Podcast. This is your boy Carl G. I'm here with my boys Myron and Sprat. What's up? What's up? Yo, what's up, Carlson? What's up, guys? And we have a special guest today. Uh, Akeem Holder. You want to say what's up to the crowd? What's good, y'all? What's good? What's good? All right, so um, so today we have another special episode. This is what the third. We back to back to back. This is the three P, with the three P four guests. Um, but uh, this is a special episode. Um, there's been a lot of stuff that's going on in the media right now. There's a lot of stuff that's going on and just life in general. Just say acceptance is something that's uh been, I guess not say kept in the dark, but people look bad upon or frowned upon. Um, such as you know, gay marriage. Um, just the LGBT community in itself. Uh, you can see it on TV. You can see it everywhere. Um, and, you know, we have a podcast where we, we like to um, share stories and, and give people's perspectives. And we also, you know, we also just three heterosexual males, you know what I'm saying? So on this podcast, um, and we wanted to introduce somebody, or we wanted to introduce a group, um, just to be able to talk to about certain topics that we might not be uh, too, edu- you know, educated on or, you know, we might come off ignorant about, you know what I mean? Um, so before we even get into all that, uh, I want, you know, the audience to know who Akeem Holder is. I know you have a podcast. I know you're an assistant store manager. Um, you want to tell us about yourself? Well, I got a podcast on Anchor, everywhere you can kind of listen to podcast, which is Kim of the Day. Kind of got into that just to try to branch out. I always knew I had a voice, but definitely wanted to use it more and have different type of conversations, whether it's for music, whether it's like political or just conversation that needs to kind of be had type shit. And yeah, I'm a sister store manager at Walgreens trying to, you know, live out the American dream, quote unquote. <laughs> the American dream. <laughs> yeah, we all try to get that, right? <laughs> but yeah, so, um, so you want to, um, you want to just talk about more about your podcast, different things you talk about, like, you know, how long you've been doing it for, your passion behind it, different topics you might have brought up. So I've been doing it for a little over two years now. So I kind of get into music, movies, of course, like the black community, the LGBT community, about political stuff, just about like different topics that definitely, or different conversations that would hopefully either educate someone, um, open their eyes, or just have people kind of get, not necessarily where I'm coming from, but understand the cause behind it. Understand that these things need to change for it to actually make a big change as a whole, especially between the Black community and the gay community and how it's a separation. And because it's a separation, we will never fully work as a whole. We'll never fully get all of our rights to have all our rights like looked at as important because we're so separated, and they know that. Mm. I believe you brought up something very important. You know, the separation between the the, the black community, and I don't even want to say the separation between the black community and gay community because, you know, it's y'all apart. You know. But um, there is a separation. There is like um, different stigmas. But I want to um, hold that for later on in the conversation, if that's okay. Um, Absolutely. So we, we um, 
again, we supposed to have another guest, but um, we just gonna get back. Just want to just know, like um, for any for your perspective, like when did you know? Like when did you know that you game did? Was it like a thing that you had to come out with, or was it something that you was always comfortable with? Uh, you want to tell us about that experience? Okay, so I kind of always knew that I was not necessarily I wouldn't say different, but different. So I always knew like I had some attraction to men. But I didn't necessarily know what that was or what the label was or what that was called. Because oftentimes, of course, living in most black families, you don't have that education. You don't have that likeness or that information given to you. So you have to go kind of search for it. So with me searching for it, then I eventually figured out kind of what that was or what kind of feelings I was having. So I kind of came out, I would say like 17, 18. After dealing with um, a girl at the time, and after we broke up and almost had a and we had a miscarriage and all of that, then I kind of just really became or started talking to dudes, and then noticed that okay, this is what I actually like, and stay there. That's what's up. I mean, not the, the uh, whole miscarriage part. Obviously, <laughs> that's a little, that's a little bad. I mean, I'm sorry for that. That's sad. Yeah, I'm sorry you had to go through that. I know a few people who, um, who experienced that in their lifetime. Um, that's another type of trauma that I don't think we, I don't think I, I could compare to. Um, so many blessings to you and your partner at that time. Thank um, you. But it's more, more, more. I wanted to say is. In a positive light, you know, we we had this episode a couple um a couple episodes ago about half empty, half full. Like you was able to to find your true self within all that. If it sounds that like. episode was really dope. Thank you, thank, thank you. you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, um, and yeah, I definitely, I would definitely want to shout out your podcast a little bit more because he, uh, you definitely, I know, I know you was like able to talk about these topics just from hearing your podcast, like. I think it was a why 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 is uh, the black community so afraid of gay men or something like that? And I was just like, oh shit! Like he gets there, he goes there, and I'm like, okay. And I remember you sent it to me when I was still working, um, when we was like working together, and I was like, okay. Yeah. I, and I like the direction, and I like the um, like what you stand for, and I and I respect that. And I'm glad you're able to have these open and honest conversations, because again, we we could be ignorant, we we don't know, you know what I'm saying? Again, like um, it's something that. Yeah, educated. I have conversations with my girlfriend all the time, um, and like some things that might shock me, where she's just like, "It's it's acceptable," or like, "It's okay." Like, why why is that why does that have to offend you? Like, I saw a guy wearing a dress. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, and I don't want to offend him. Like, if you want to wear a dress, that's okay. But I'm like, I noticed it because that's not something that I grew up knowing. That's not something that that I grew up that was like you know that was a part of that the was, norm. Like, if you see it right, nowadays, that was a norm, huh? Right, right. I said right. That wasn't your norm. Yeah, kind of it, thing. Was, it wasn't my norm, and 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 it was something that I was just like, I don't want to offend anybody. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we might, and especially me. Like, I know we work together, so I was I was definitely professional. You know, at work, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't judge people. But like, you know, I'm a bold person, so I might say something. It might come off blunt. And it might come off ignorant sometimes. I know Sprad be scared to say things. He already had this conversation with some people who were just like, oh, you might want to watch what we say. I'm just like, yo, bro, listen, this sincerity into everything that we do. Like, you already know me, Akeem. 
I fucked with you, my boy. We can hang out. We did it, you know, we did it before. We we fucking grew up in ASMT classes together. Then that's dope. And anybody like that, I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? A person is a person, a person is a person. I don't give a shit. If your preference is your preference, their preference is your preference. And we don't always have to talk about it. And it's something that I feel like we do have to talk about because it's still a barrier. You know what I mean? Right. There's still a barrier between both sides and and it shouldn't be. And there's more topics like this that we're going to get into, not not necessarily with you, but with, you know, others. Just stuff like, you know, as you see, is going on with Cuomo and everything. And, and people don't understand uh, the differences of, of like, um, what what's accepted and, and, and what force looks like. You know what I mean? Like, different things like that. And this is just one of the topics that we definitely want to talk about. And I'm just, I'm glad that you're on this, on board with us. Um, before we get more into it, did y'all want to ask any questions? Do you want to step in and ask me any questions before we move on? Yeah, sure. So you said um, you didn't really feel free or you didn't accept it until around 17, 18. And then afterwards, you uh, after the miscarriage you had with the partner at the time, um, you said growing up, you didn't really understand it. Can you just like take it take us back, you know, for our audience and for us, like your journey, I guess, or was it really a journey for you? Because maybe it came natural to you because, you know, like you said, it's not, it's frowned upon by black families. And we look at it like, oh, wow, my young son is into guys. There's something wrong with him, but maybe your family or maybe even yourself, you saw it as like, it's natural. I love someone. I'm attracted to someone because we all have an attraction to someone, whether it's same sex or opposite sex is, you know, up to that person's uh, choice. So can you just like bring it back to us? Uh, you know, how your upbringing was, the support early on from your family and friends? Okay. So I would say for me, there was really no support. Because I guess living in a back home, like, of course, for me, my mom was the first one to know or always knew. So when I told her, it wasn't like a shock kind of thing. But of course, when you tell your father, it's a completely different scenario. Because for whatever reason, I feel like they failed as a father, they failed at life. And that's not even the case. But growing up, I didn't necessarily know what it was. So I never really tapped into it, per se. Like, I knew I kind of always were more on the feminine side. I kind of like more of the female artist and stuff like that. I always kind of, what, play double dutch or, like, not necessarily, like, in the streets until my teenage years where I was kind of defining myself stage. Where I was trying to fit into different crowds and then still sneak around and kind of do what I kind of like, per se. Whether it was like double just to just chilling with the girls on the block kind of thing. Until I kind of figured out, okay, so maybe I do like guys. But I never tried it. I never, I looked at them growing up. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't know exactly what that was. Because I was always brought up to you're supposed to be with a girl kind of thing. Like, there was no, there was options. I was never taught the options or the avenues or, okay, so you may you may be gay. Like, just see, these are the steps. So these are the things that I had to kind of figure out for myself. Um, Question. 
if uh are your parents American? Where where are your parents from? Mama. My father's from Trini and my mother was from the South. Okay. Shout out to the Southern Roots. Um uh as a kid or even now as a man did your father have conversations with you about how this is accepted in his culture because i feel like that's like the ground basis of why we have like a certain outlook on whether my son is into men or my daughter's into women or sex changes and things of that nature um no we never fully had a conversation about my sexuality i just came out and then that was kind of it to be honest, and I'm not that close with my family, so it's that part too. And I definitely feel like it's definitely different between um parents who has per se a lesbian daughter than a gay son. What makes you because what makes you for me that? for me, lesbians are more acceptable. Lesbians are a fantasy. And then right. they feel like most, of it, and then most of the time they feel like it's a phase. They feel like, right. oh, my daughter's never gonna always marry a woman. She's it's just a phase. She's gonna like a dude again, X Y Z. But once you're gay, or like say a guy is bisexual, he's never looked at as bisexual. He's looked at as gay because you've been with a man before. So now I. Can't. Why is like? Why is it like that? Why do you, why do you I, think I, it's like that? Yeah. The double standards. There's doubles. I think, yeah, honestly, I think there's a lot of double standards when it comes to male, male, like women and men. Like, <laughs> cause I ain't gonna lie, when you said that thing about fantasies, like, I think it's acceptable on both sides when it comes to male and female, when it comes to, um, you know, lesbian, like two lesbians, then it comes to two gay males. I think on both mm-hmm. sides, like, you even go into porn, people watch that shit. People gonna go and watch, you know, two lesbians before they watch two males. It's like, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this for myself, but, it's, I think the the ties is changing. Like if, like my girl's been teaching me about what the spectrum is, like as far as okay. uh, homosexuality goes, and like you know even homosexual, I don't even know what to call it anymore. Like honestly, the spectrum for for like what you identify yourself as, and like what what free love is, and like someone who don't even maybe identify themselves as like a, a male or a female, like and just like and they just like look at a person in their spirit and or like who you are, and like and if you look back, you're like. I don't even know, like, medieval time, I don't fucking know. Like, you can see, like, whatever time they're trying to portray on, like, um, Game of Thrones and stuff. Like, there's a lot of males who are, like, uh, are seen sexually than, than what they what they wanted you to see before. Like, whereas maybe early in the 90s, early 2000s, we were seeing a lot of manly males. Now we're seeing so many different type of males and so many people who might be more connected to their emotions and shit like that. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's different. The tides are turning now. It's crazy. It's, 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 and this is why I think it's important because it's just like it's, it's it's coming out there for everybody and like whether you want to accept it or not like and these conversations had to be had you know it's crazy but it's it's a lot that's going on I'm bad I'm happy <laughs> oh go ahead no no go ahead go ahead I'm happy we're we're turning I'm happy like to leave that we're turning like the growth that the country is actually making in terms of acceptance or in terms of like this isn't a phase, this is not going anywhere kind of thing. Like it's either you gotta accept it or not. And if you still don't accept it in twenty twenty one, then there's probably something wrong with you. 
or your upbringing, but then at a certain age, then it's you. And that's kind of how I felt. Uh, we back, we back, we back. Uh, we got our second guest now. It's a good friend of me and Spraz. His name is Anthony White, also going as Theo Ivory. You want to say hello to the people? Good morning, good afternoon. What's up? How's everybody doing? Sorry I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Good, bro. This is what makes a good podcast. You know, we doing this shit live. You know what I'm saying? We ain't, we ain't find, we going exactly. with the flow. We letting this shit go. Um, so we um we kind of talked to Akeem about um, you know what he does um and who he is. So if you want to just tell you know the the audience uh, who you are, you know, I know you do some wrestling. If you want to talk about a little bit of your wrestling, promote yourself a little bit. Go ahead. This is your time. Uh, okay. Um. So I want to give people the real of what I do, because when people hear that you're a wrestler, that's really all they see. Like, they don't know that as an independent wrestler, like, nigga, we broke. We like niggas out here making mixtapes. <laughs> like, it's literally the same oh, thing, sure. like, you know. Yeah, we do shows and stuff, but the goal is to get to a point in your career to where you're like, oh, if you want to book me for a match tonight, you know, my rate is $300. My rate is $400. I'm not there yet. <laughs> um, so, yes, I do wrestle. I wrestle for um, CZW, Combat Zone Wrestling. Um, a lot of your, a lot of wrestlers that you know today came up through CZW. And I didn't realize that, like, just how special CZW was until probably, like, a year ago. Because I looked at, like, the list of alumni, the list of, like, former world champions. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this is the real deal. Um, So that's what I do. Um, I also work for the government. Um, So... My normal week is Monday through Friday, 8 to 4.30. I'm at my actual job. In wrestling, we call that a shoot job. So Monday through Friday, 8 to 4.30, I'm at my shoot job. Um, We have training four days a week. I typically try to go to, like, at least two. Um, And then if we do have a booking or a show, it's typically on the weekend. So Monday through Friday, I'm, like, on go um and then when the weekend comes sometimes i don't have like a day to rest until sunday because if i have a booking it'll usually be saturday unless it's like last week where i had a show saturday and a czw taping on sunday so every day of the week i was on go where do you usually wrestle at like what venues uh, so I, I live in Philly, um, so there's a lot of promotions out here. Like, the Northeast is really popular for independent wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so my most consistent booking is in uh, Quakertown, Pennsylvania. It's like a little redneck town. Um, but I love it because the fans are amazing, and um, the promotion has been around for, like, 70 years. And they used to be a part of uh, NWA. Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, I um, I do that booking every month. That's dope. Um, 
Yeah, it is. Like, I love it. Um, yeah, listen, if you ever wrestle in, in Atlantic City at any time, let me know. I was over there, like, during the summer, and I was like, and they had, like, a wrestling show. I said, oh, shit, I almost went. But if you ever go, man, let me know. I'll probably pop up and go to the beach. And I was just about to say that. October 1st, I'll be oh, wrestling in Atlantic City. Here we go. Oh, we out, Carlton. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a giant <laughs> wrestling fan, me and Carlton. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so October 1st, um, it's Pro Wrestling After Dark. Um, it's a promotion I've been wanting to work for for a long time. The show got announced in, like, March. And I DM'd the promoter. I was like, hey, Chad, I would love to be a part of this show. Like, is it possible? He was like, yeah, I would love to have you. I was like, yes. <laughs> That's what's up. We have to hustle for our bookings, too. Like, until you reach a point where, you know, you're a draw, where promoters are, like, in your inbox, like, hey, I want you for this show. Until you reach that point in your career, like, you have to reach out to promoters like, hey, this is my name. Um, this is where I train. I've got some matches. If you want to take a look, I love to work for your promotion if that's possible. So, you know, every book and we have to hustle for. I hear that. Listen, we we in the same boat because we can relate. You know, we ain't making money off this podcast, but we just making it and trying to hustle as much as we can to make it to the next level. But yeah, we uh we, we got we similar schedules. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Spravy on that time too. You talk about we be trying to get him to sit down on a fucking day. We can't even get that shit to go until we know he good. <laughs> he be like, All right, nigga, you available? <laughs> nah, but yeah, we we could definitely relate. Uh, respect that. Um, but we definitely um. We definitely going to do another podcast about wrestling one day. <laughs> and we definitely going to make sure you are there for that one because... Uh, where I'm on time. Yeah, either way, listen. <laughs> our time is your time when you the guest. Listen, our time is your time when you the guest, man. Yep. So, uh, just know, whenever you free, let us know. We record. Or when Sprat free too, you know what I'm saying? Let me stop. <laughs> um. So, uh, before we back go back to opening up the conversation just wanted to um get back into the next uh question um Akeem already answered this um but um we want to know your experience of like when when and how did you know um you know about the about you being homosexual and just uh if I don't even know if I said that right I'm sorry if I sound disrespectful Oof, I'm like whoa yeah. damn the eight <laughs> <laughs> listen, I don't. This is my fault. See, I, again, and Sprat, I know Sprat had a lot of worries about this, but I'm letting him know. Listen, this is why you want to ask people that we know, and that, you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm not a dickhead trying to be a dickhead. I, I'm, I'm just ignorant, and this is why y'all here to correct us if y'all need to. That's the politically correct term. What's a what it was? Um, homosexual. That's a politically correct term. Like nobody fucking says that. <laughs> it, it's, just, right. it's just. Thanks scary. for telling us. You see what yeah, I'm saying? Nobody don't know. fucking says homosexual. And this and this is why we need these conversations because it never <laughs> these, these shits this this is never had amongst people and and Akeem kind of brought this up amongst you know the um you know this division between um black people and, and the gay community and um we gonna get into that a little later but um can you let us know you know when and how you knew you was gay if that that sounds more better that sounds better <laughs> yeah that's right. Um, <laughs> right. my bad like when i knew knew just tell us your uh, experience you like you know when did you feel it before you really knew and exactly when you knew just like let us know like that experience the whole the whole journey i guess Sorry for the background, but this is what happens when you live downtown. You all the time. Um, 
I started like thinking about boys when I was probably like six or seven. Um, that was just like thinking, you know, like, oh, like, oh, he's cute. I want to kiss him, whatever. Um, like new, new and like started acting on it. I was probably like 12. Yeah, probably like 12. Um, unfortunately, the six or this, the feelings when I was six or seven that, um, wasn't voluntary unfortunately i sadly like a lot of people um was taken advantage of by a family member when i was just six years old uh sorry to so i think yeah thank you i think that's what led to it because i never thought about boys before never um and what i didn't realize until probably about a year ago um, I was also molested by a girl around the same time. Holy shit. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they, you know they say like when you go through like childhood trauma, you kind of block it out. Like your, man, like your mind makes you forget it. And like I had suppressed that for a very long time. So yeah, I was molested by a girl too around the same time. Um, she was a few years older than me. She was probably like eight and I was like six. Um, it's just heartbreaking now that I think about it because I'm like, what fucking guy was doing that to her? Mm. Because that yeah. stuff is like, it, it's a chain, you know? It's like you started with one person and then they started with another person. So like, that breaks my heart because I'm thinking like, damn, she was just eight years old. Like, what male in her family was doing that to her that she then in turn, you know, wound up being that person? Um. <clears throat> that's a whole nother podcast. That's, yeah, that's a whole nother yeah, podcast. We, we, see what I'm saying? There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of conversations to be had. There's a lot of convos. Yeah, everything wow. goes way deeper than people realize. Um, so yeah, I first started acting on it. And I think I was twelve. I had never shared this story. Oh my god! Um, I lived in Cambria Heights at the time. Um, and y'all know my y'all know my parents, you know, my dad and my stepmother. So around this time, this is when they had just got together. So this was like 2003. I was in like seventh grade. And we were at the laundromat. Me and my stepmother were at the laundromat. And I walked to the store. And I walked past this guy. And, well, y'all sound like this is the real podcast. So I'm going to just keep it real. Uh, <clears throat> we looked at each other and I said, you got a big dick? And he said, yeah, you want to see it? And then sucked the guy's dick at, seven, at 12 years old. <laughs> Come to find Shit. out later, he was 17. Oh, wow. um, yeah. But I think that's a podcast for another day as well, because like in the LGBT community, especially for black people, we don't really have mm -hmm. anyone to guide us to be like, you don't do this, you don't do that. You know, this is how you handle yourself in the streets. So I didn't, I had no guidance. So I was just out there like, ooh. I, I mean, I wasn't wilding like that, but you know, I had to figure things out on my own. And 
you know, we're all the same age. So, you know, 2003, like, we didn't have the internet like that. Like, nobody was really openly gay like that. And there was just really nobody you could really talk to. It was just... Figure, you figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild. I know what you mean. That's crazy. Yeah. Man. Talk, uh, I, I talk to a Say it again, Akeem. Say that again. Oh, I said there was really no one for us to look, look up to, relate to, talk to. We just had to kind of figure that out. So, so yeah. um, yeah, Akeem definitely. He was saying how he didn't have a support from his family um like that it was the same thing for you anthony oh my god it was awful um i'll never forget the day my dad found out um so from second to uh, second through eighth grade i had been in catholic school um so <clears throat> but my school closed down in seventh grade so i moved to the bronx and i went to catholic school on gun hill um, and I had a journal for the first time and this is why I don't do new friends. So I had a girl at the time I assume was my friend and, you know, she was like reading my journal, which is fine because that's what we did at that time. I went to the bathroom. I came back from the bathroom and everyone was looking at me when I came in. I was like, what happened? And they said, Gabrielle gave Mr. Wright your journal. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, asked her, I asked people what happened. Wow. It's like, Gabriel, what do you read it? And she's like, she literally just handed it to him. Like, oh, this is what I'm reading. I'm like, bitch, you ain't trying to hide it. You ain't trying to switch books. Like, what? So he took it to our principal, who was um, Sister Leticia. So mind you, all my teachers were Jamaican. So... <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I had like this monster crush on this boy in our class. And he gave my journal to sister. And sister not only called my parents, but she called his. And I'm like, what? What kind of friend? Yeah. So that's why like I don't I don't do friends. Like you're either my best friend or you're just somebody I'm cool with. Cause you gotta prove yourself to me. Like that was like the most disloyal shit ever. I was 14 at the time. I'm about to be 31. So 17 years later, I'm still very scarred by that. Like that was a betrayal. I think that hurt that hurt worse than being cheated on by my damn husband. Like <laughs> like you outed me to everybody. And at the time I was still dating girls. So you wasn't ready. So I wasn't like in the closet or anything. I was yeah. very op I was like very openly bisexual okay. in eighth grade. So it wasn't like, oh my God, people are gonna find out. I didn't care about that. I cared about the fact that my father didn't know. So they told my father, my father was he's he said, go get in the car. And him, it was me, him, and my son in the car, and we drove, and it was nighttime, and all I saw was water. And I'm like, oh my god, this nigga's gonna kill me and throw me in the fucking ocean. Because my father is like, 
think of like, well, y'all know my father, so I don't even yeah, know how yeah, to describe yeah, 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 yeah. Like y'all know my father, so y- y'all know my father is like a street nigga through and through. So I'm like, this y'all nigga is one. Every time I saw him. him. My fault. This is a little <laughs> off topic, but every time I saw him, this nigga, he looked like this NBA player. I think his name was Mike James. I was like, yo, why he, he look like okay. Mike James, bro? I'm sorry. That's all I, I remember. No, that's, that's what I remember. <laughs> but so I think you could understand the fear. <clears throat> I'm just 14, and I'm like, this nigga's going to murder me and dump me in the ocean, and this bitch is going to be his fucking accomplice because she's here quiet. Um... <clears throat> But long story short, he was sending me to my Aunt Teresa's house in Far Rockaway. Um, she's an evangelist. So it was like around Christmas time. So he pretty much sent me to my Aunt Teresa's house for a few days. I guess so he could process it mm-hmm. on his own, which I kind of commend him for. Um, but yeah, that's how that happened. And then um, when we finally got back home... Um, <clears throat> He was like, what, like, what happened? Why are you like this? And I think that was the first time I had ever told anyone that I had been molested by my cousin when I was six. <clears throat> and I think besides at my mother's funeral, that was, at, up until that point, that was the only other time I had seen my father cry. And he said because he felt like he didn't protect me. And, like, he should have been there. Um, but from there, my father, it's been, like, a, people, it's okay for people to know who you are, but they don't need to know your business. So, <clears throat> I didn't want to go to Eagle. And that's the funny thing. Everyone thinks, like, an all-boys school, like, oh, my God, you would have been having, I'm like, No. I didn't want to go to Eagle. I was supposed to go to LGJ. Holy cow. Mm. That's crazy. But I applied to both. You know, I didn't have that luxury. It was my father is the worst procrastinator in the world. I would tell him every day, <laughs> Daddy, I have to go register for high school. Daddy, I have to go register for high school. Daddy, I have to go register for high school. So he waited until the last minute. And then they're like, unfortunately, all this. You know, all the seats in LGJ are full, but there's a new school on the fourth floor. It's called Eagle Academy. It's an all-boys school. I said no. And they said, wait, what you can do is you can go there for a year, and then you can transfer to LGJ. So we were like, okay, whatever. That's how I wound it up in Eagle. Um, freshman year was Funny great. enough, my dad made me go to Eagle, too, because I was supposed to go to Mary Bertram. And then he convinced me to go that? That's all the way in the city. It's like all the that's way low. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that's called. The low east side. That's a, it just ran. It's crazy how, like, you know, like, I was just like, we all, yeah, all kind of just. Happen, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. We all just end up at Eagle. <laughs> so that's how I ended up at Eagle. <laughs> but, yeah, Wait, I didn't before, have. Before we get to the Eagle story, before we get to the Eagle story, a question that I asked Akeem was, how much did culture play a fact plays a fact into whether how are our parents' perspective on homosexuality? So we know your father Jamaican. What about your stepmother? Um, my stepmother didn't care. Um, I actually told her first. I told her before my father even knew. Um, we were coming home one and day. And what was the, the time difference? 
Um, probably a few yeah, months. He knew. <clears throat> probably a few months. Okay. I was like, Christy, I think I'm gay. And she was like, are you, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. Um, but you have to remember, this was 2003. So we didn't know. You know, we weren't educated like we are now. Because I think in our culture, as a man, you're not allowed to identify as bisexual. If you even touch a man, you gay. Yes. So at that time, I didn't at that know time, that bisexual. True. I didn't know that I could identify as bisexual at the time. Because y'all know, like, I dated girls in, when I was an eagle. Like, um, well, it was one girl when I was an eagle. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. <clears throat> so my stepmother was, I think at the time, she was like 23. Oh, disgusting. Um, but I think that helped because she was closer to my age. So I think it was probably a bit more common. Not more common for her, but she was just from a different generation from my father. She had she so, had things more relatable to you well. and your mindset and stuff than she would. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So she with her, it was like never anything different. Um my only issues our issues were like completely separate from that but she never treated me any differently and i appreciate for her for that um i think for my dad um he never treated me differently either if i'm gonna be very honest um he was just very protective like if i would go to a friend's house he would be like who's over there or who is this um but it wasn't, I don't even think it was necessarily because I was gay. I think it was because of, y'all know I lived right by the school. So I didn't even realize that was such a rough neighborhood. I grew up sheltered. So I didn't even realize like, oh, I'm in the hood hood. So I think it was more so him wanting me to not be around the wrong crowd. Um. But no, like if I asked for something, I got it. If I said this is what I want for Christmas, I would get everything that was on my list. Um, yeah, like I, I think that I think that was just something my father didn't know how to handle, and I felt like he didn't want to, you know, act on it, you know, his um homophobia. But I felt like. If he didn't, I, I feel like he felt that if he didn't show some type of um, negativity towards it, then that meant that he accepted it. And I don't think he wanted to be known as the guy who accepted the fact that his son was gay. Yeah, I think I think um, I think a part that's of that's deep. Uh, yeah, I think a part of the problem for everybody is just the. Um, it's that perception and, and, and what other people think. You know, I think that's always going to be the case. Um, And this kind of leads on to, uh, you know, the next question. Um, Because, you know, we all grew up in New York City. And again, like you said, Anthony, we all went to school together. And um, we know how it was. You know what I'm saying? We saw, we saw it come from everybody going into all boys' schools. We definitely saw how it was. Just like, you know, the judgment, you know, the name the name picking, how, how people were treated. Uh, and then a lot of people were scared to, you know, say something if they they were or 
And I think I think even um like you said earlier, like oh well yeah, I said it definitely was like um it was no it was no you can't be bi, it's either you bi it's either you straight or you gay, like if you you know, if you're a man, you straight or you're gay. So um how was how was it for both of y'all, um, growing up in a city and um just you know, just experiencing that, you know, how how was it for both of y'all? Akeem, I guess you know, you've been quiet for a minute. You could you could you could start off. Yeah, yeah, I, I went on for a while. <laughs> <Ain't> good. <laughs> um, I guess for me, living in the city, it's the perception you want to kind of be accepted. So most of us live in or close to the hood or whatever that looks like. So you kind of want to be accepted by who is ever around you. So growing up, I definitely played the street part. Hakeem, so preach. Preach, please preach. <laughs> I definitely try to act more masculine, even though a lot of the dudes kind of knew, and for whatever reason they insisted I was. Like they told me I was gay before I knew I was gay before I came out, and then when I did come out, of course now no one wants to associate yourself with me because that's not like I guess the manly thing to do or whatever that looks like. So it's that aspect. And then I guess in high school, it was kind of like the similar thing where it was just one guy who was openly gay. And then he got outed because he made a sex tape that the whole school found out about. That's crazy. And of course he had to leave the school and all that stuff. And from there, it kind of scarred me because like, wow. Like, I don't even know necessarily what I kind of want to do. That's why I, that's why I kind of waited till I graduated from high school to even indulge and really learn about myself kind of thing. But throughout high school, everyone kind of always assumed and tried to make judgments or try to press on me to see if I was going to actually take the bait. And I'm like... That's where you can't really be straight if you're acting like this, knowing that I know your girlfriend or X, Y, Z. What high so. school did you go to? BLA. BLA. Bronx, Bronx Leadership Academy? Bronx yeah. Oh. That's crazy. They were on my list, too. Yeah, word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. I remember that school. I almost went there. That was a specialized school, was it? Um, I think it no. was before I got there. Okay. Like, they really had, like, a law class and stuff like that. But when I got there, there was no law class. Oh, wait. Is that when they, when we took the test, they had, like, that big pamphlet and you bubbled in the high schools of your choice? Do we have to do it? We had to do it like that, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, they gave us a whole, like, it looked like a yellow book I got a page book. of fucking Yo, high wait. school. Oh, like, oh, high no, schools, you got to choose from. The book of the high schools. Schools. The book of the high The boroughs were different. Wow. Yeah. I, never, I didn't yep, have to do yep, that. Yep, exactly. That was, that was, that's, all new, that's all new to me. For I never real? had to do that. Holy no, cow. No, bro. I, had, I went to middle school. <laughs> that sounds like the yellow pages. They, they made it seem like, yo, what high school you choose is going to be the high school that changes your life forever. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, we I just... had to go to our guidance counselor and get the book of high schools. And they gave us, like, the... It was, like, a Scantron pamphlet of, like, multiple pages. And you, I think you had to choose 10 schools. And... Yeah, you, like yeah, you had to bubble in your 10 schools and you had to mail it in. 
and they sent you a letter back letting you know whether or not you were accepted or if you had to take an exam for that school or something. Damn, we old. Yeah, no. I'm just I was just talking about that. We probably went too far from each other. I gotta see the location because you know, we our school was in the Bronx too, our high school was in the Bronx. Myron, you went to school more uptown Bronx, right? Yeah, more uptown, but I went to Catholic school, so I I, I had a sponsor and all that stuff. It, that's why I'm saying it was different. Like you I had, had to, to take a schools. test and everything too, right? Nope, I what? didn't take a test or anything, bro. That's what I'm telling you. So in middle school, I went to middle school, Catholic school, all boys school. Oh, okay. And, uh, they gave okay. me a list of they gave me a list of Catholic Catholic high schools, and I pick them and I get my because I had spon- I got a sponsor to get into the school and all that stuff, and I would I would do the same thing. I'm like you know I'll, I'll uh, I think I write a letter and wait to get accepted. And if I got accepted, that's what I pick and choose where I go to. Gotcha. I didn't have to do the scantron or, or the big book thing. Yeah, I, and that was the do, first time I ever heard that. Then we had to do some placement tests. And like, okay. agree with, Cousin, you applied to LGJ? Um, I think I did because my cousin went there and, and I knew Mr. Banks because of it. My whole, like my family, my, my, my cousin, my aunt, they had close relationships. So yeah, LGJ was there. Um, Eagle was there. Um, BLA was there for sure, but I got accepted to Mary Bertram out of all of that, and then my, my pops kind of convinced me to transfer to Eagle. I actually had to do both because um, I was coming from Catholic school. Um, so we had three choices, <clears throat> and I had got accept, um What was it? We was by Cardinal Hayes. It was all, all hollows, right? I know all those schools, bro. I had a friend that go all those schools. I had a Cardinal Hayes. And I think it was the third one. Um, it was by Castle Hill. I forgot what that school St. Raymond's. St. Raymond's, yeah. So I'd applied to St. Raymond's, Cardinal Hayes, and All Hallows. Um, my father did not want me to go want me to go to St. Raymond's. He did before, but I think now that he knew, I don't know if it's because I was gay or not. But he didn't want me traveling to Castle Hill. So he was like, no. So I got accepted to St. <laughs> I already figured that the minute you said that. Yeah. I'm like, damn, because part of me applying for St. Raymond, I'm like, damn, there's niggas out there. <laughs> so I'm my dead. father's always one step ahead, bro. Like, he's always one step ahead. It's funny. It's, it's huh? funny you bring that up because um, okay. being in Catholic school, uh, all those schools you just named had a, like a stigma for like you know being gay and all that stuff. I used to hear stories coming out of those schools. Um, I was in the old uh, so middle school was an old boys school, so I definitely wanted like to go to a like a co-ed school because I'm like okay, I'm tired of being just in a boys class. But like um, one of the options I had to go, uh, I think I could have gone to Cardinal Hayes, and but I used to hear so many like things about like crazy stuff that was going on at the time there. Oh, so I, oh, like all the boys school, all the Catholic all boys schools were like some like wild trip from what what I heard. Yeah, like everybody from my graduating class in eighth grade, the majority of them were going to Spelman. Yeah, Spelman was another one on the list. Even my girlfriend at the time, um, we had broken up because she was going to. Uh, remember, I went to school by Gun Hill, <clears throat> and Spelman mm-hmm. is around there. Right. So. Feature, yep. Yep, so uh, she was going to Spelman, and I knew that I was going to stay in the South Bronx. And we both Scorpios. So I was like, you know what, baby? I know, you know, I know you need to get fucked. Like, and I know I'm going to need something. So let's just break up. We were best friends before. We're going to be best friends now. And her, I'm, I'm her son's godfather. 
That's crazy. Like, we have an amazing relationship. It was like, okay, That's yeah. Amazing. We gonna be far apart. We ain't gonna be able to see each other. I don't think my father liked her. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I niggas is goofy. I'm dating a girl and you don't like her? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna complain, right? And then, no. No, this is before uh, I was out. Okay. Um, but I dated a girl in ninth grade, and he was always acting. He like, yo, how's Catherine? Like, yo, you know, how's she doing? Yeah. Nigga, weird. But, yeah, I hated the all boys aspect. Because I have a lot of girls in my family, so I'm like, I don't know what it's like to be around boys all day. And I'm like, I played basketball, but I'm like, that was the, probably the most boyish thing I did. Besides that, like, I have mm -hmm. nothing in common. Oh, in video game. And whipping someone's that ass. <laughs> whipping someone's ass. No, don't ass. do that. Don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> Say it again? No, nah, I said you had another thing in common, whipping someone's ass, but we ain't going to get into details on that one. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that'll come up in a later part of this conversation nah, maybe. or maybe the next one. <laughs> maybe. Personally, this yeah, but yeah, gonna... nah, that. Nah, I think that, I think that. people forget that we're men at the end of the day. Exactly, like people do we're still that. men. <laughs> Preach on that. Crazy. Like oh, the man. surface is different, but I, in mm -mm, the surface, you may get something different, but it's still a nigga under all this. Like, don't get it twisted. And that should be quoted. You know, I, you know, honestly, I, I had I learned that some, because again, this is all experience to me. Just like um, you know, I, again, I, I, you know, I'm a straight, but I always respected, you know, someone else's decisions, regardless of how I understood it. But like, when you see things, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, whipping someone's ass, something like that. You're like, that is a man. That nigga gonna fuck you up. Like, <laughs> you keep on fucking around. Like, don't think, don't think only because. And and you know, obviously, like you know, and I think I, I'm. It was good that, you know, work had me build a lot of relationships with people. And, like, because you, you have to. And just even before I met you, Akeem, like, you know, when I was still, like, just a CSA in that job and just, like, working with a lot of people, I seen a lot of things. This dude, I seen a lot of transition. I seen a dude that, you know, he was gay and, you know, he had a boyfriend and everything. And then he started dating this one dude. Now he started wearing wigs and stuff and shit like that. And he just, like, he, had, he was going through his own transition. But at the same time, he had a fight and... and and whip somebody's ass, and I said, "Oh shit!" You know what I mean? I'm like, ah oh, man, you cannot. Don't judge nobody. Can I can I talk on that really quick? Because yeah. I think that's another point about the gay lifestyle that people don't understand. Um, yeah. oh, shit, and this kind of ties into. Okay, I'm gonna try to tie it all in together. Um, in terms of school, so when I was in like fourth between like fourth, fifth, and a little bit of sixth grade, um, I was called faggot in school. Mm. Yeah, and I yeah. went to a Catholic school. I was called faggot up until puberty because I, I had a very soft voice. <clears throat> um, so then puberty came, and that's when, you know, all the girls was, I don't want to say, like, you know, how you doing, but all the girls look started looking at me different. I think they started looking at me finally. Mm. So that part. Yeah. And it was weird. Cause I'm like, we're all still friends now. 
like 20 years later, like we're all still friends, which is amazing. But then I went to. Wait, quick comment. Maybe that's why I didn't get any looks in middle school because I still had a high pitched ass voice. Yeah, <laughs> no, you had that shit coming into high school, bro. I, I've had it my entire life. I still have it. Rodney, I remember you when your me? voice finally <laughs> broke. And I think when your voice broke, it never glasses. That shit was funny. Nigga started working out it. Like, Who's this guy? That shit was funny. Now you came in, you was looking a little frail, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. You had the glasses. You was you was, you was really scary. Nah, you looked like a turtle. <laughs> like, you looked like a turtle. You had the glasses, Yo. the voice. Yo. <laughs> my my you hear all this? And I'm still giving niggas 30 in gym. What are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, you won. I'm gonna give you that. You won. Who was he giving good. 30 in gym? I don't know. I mean, he was on the same Carlton, team when you time. Carlton, we know we're not gonna we're not gonna get into that, Carlton. We ain't gonna get into that right now. That'd be a whole Listen, all I'm, gonna, all I'm gonna say is this. I got I got credentials when it comes to basketball. But this is that's another topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's funny um, but back to your story because I went to remember I said my, my school closed in seventh and at the end of seventh grade I went to school in Queens then I went to school in the Bronx everybody in my class was fucking and that was very new to me because coming from Queens I think because we all some of us lived in the hood some of us lived like in the the upper hood so to speak so we were all kind of sheltered in a kind of way so none of us was really fucking like that but i come to eighth grade in the bronx everybody in my class is fucking and i'm like <gasps> but i felt at home because i could literally just be myself and the girls loved me because i think i was just i was just myself and it's funny because when um, if you see like a, a black woman with a man that is not the most masculine and people were like, oh, he he got a little sugar in his tank. You know, he a little sweet. But y'all don't realize that woman loves him because he embraces who he is and he wears out with confidence. Like, I'm not the most masculine man, but this is who I am and I love it. And women love a confident man. True. And that's what I've noticed. So I think that's why like a lot of the girls like gravitated towards me because I was just like, I am who I am. I'm in a environment that accepts me and that was cool. And then going to high school, I never had that problem. Like I never had an issue with anybody regarding my sexuality. I think because for probably the first time in a lot of people's lives, I showed that, yes, I'm gay, but I've never even fucking looked at you, and I don't want to fucking look at you. Mm. Yeah, from what I yeah, remember, he, if anybody even tried to He said to that directly you, to a lot of people. Yeah, like, you you definitely came off, like, don't fuck with me, like, I ain't fucking with you, like, what's wrong with you type shit. Like, you, you let it be known. I think you was, like, probably one of the only people who was acceptable versus others who, like, will deny <clears throat> it in a way, and... And get bashed for it because everyone's trying to figure out. Everyone wants to know. Everyone wants you to say it, and just be like. But you were kind of like 
So the fuck what? <laughs> Stay the fuck away from me. Like, yeah, like, I hey. think it's because they didn't have that. Confidence. I think you paved the way for a lot of people there. I think you paved the way. And I did. And sorry to cut you off. I did. But I, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm headed. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you know where I'm headed. Um, I don't. Does. Um, ninth grade, <laughs> you did something very brave that I, no one in that school probably did all four years. Do you remember what you did? Who, me? Yeah. No, what did I do? You stood up in the lunchroom. I was about to tell the story, nope. bro. Go ahead. You don't remember. You don't remember. No. I don't remember. It was nice. So, you know, the people that was listening, Carlton, myself, Anthony, we all went to the same high school and all boys high school. Um, yes, it's a stigmatism when you go to an all boy high school coming from the areas we come from. Everyone pretty much knows that. And, you know, I'm pretty sure you've gotten looks in ninth grade and people whispering under their breaths and whatnot. And I remember in ninth grade, you just like stood up in the lunchroom and you just like made this speech saying like if anybody has a problem with me, you basically acknowledged that you were gay and that if anybody got a problem with you, basically that they should address you directly. You don't remember that? Because I do. Because I was just like, no. oh shit. Like that oh, takes a God. lot of I don't remember fuck- that either. I remember that. That's super brave. I think I, I remember. Oh wow! You did it in ninth grade, and I'm like, this is why he in my I, in my head. I was like, this is why he was never really picked on in high school. And everybody was looking at me like, oh shit! Right? He. I remember that shit clearly. Was it like the first I, few weeks when I wasn't there? <laughs> it probably was. It probably was. Cause I this think was the very only cause on. I, yes, because at that time. um my I I was a big reader so I like I was just always like to myself until you know I could find my groove and that's when I met Ryan Ryan was my first friend because we just kind of were like both loners but I had seen the looks I had heard like the little side comments and it had pissed me off because I'm like listen I'm not what y'all think I am like I'm just and I loved school, like I loved learning. I'm like, I'm here to learn. Like, I don't give a fuck about any one of y'all in that way whatsoever. So I think that's really what it was. I like, I just wanted people, and I was tired of being judged. Like my father thought I was one way. People thinking this, I'm like, listen, I'm gonna be here for four fucking years, but yeah, I, I only one person said something to me, and that was our junior year, and it was a freshman. I, I'll mm. never forget it. And we oh, was in the was. hallway, and he had, I was like walking by or something, and he had said, faggot. And it was another upperclassman, I think it was a, a sophomore, and they said, Yo, Frank, you don't want you, you don't want that problem. And he said, "Nah, fuck that." And I looked at, I pulled, I walked up to him. I said, "Little boy, I will dog walk you from this corner to the other fucking corner of the hallway." That is definitely don't do it. I said, "Don't do it." And there were people coming up to him. They was like, "Yo, Frank, walk away," and he just walked away. And 
it was surreal for me because I had never really ever been respected anywhere. So having that respect from the people around me in the school, I was just like, that That meant the world to me because I stood up for myself and that's all I knew how to do. Like, I didn't have my mother anymore. So I'm like, it's just me against the fucking world. So, what up? Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, we, 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 yeah, this, this conversation is going along that I expected. Um, let's transition over before we go back into open because we get some good stuff. Um, but, um, I want to, I want to know how it is for, um, for both, both you guys. Um, let's start with back with Akeem, man. Akeem, I know how, I always you feel like, you know, you need to be laid back and shit, but I, we, we know you're still here. Um, for the corporate world, I know, you know, as being a sister store manager, we both uh, went through the same, uh, process on, you know, getting there. Uh, so you definitely was able to tap into the corporate world for sure. Um, you want to tell us that experience, you know, just being gay and like how people treat you and like, you want to, you want to let us know how it is in that, in that world? I guess for me, I never really, I probably was does or am does for it, but I don't ever let it affect me. I never really let it. Or I never give them that power for them to say what they want to say or treat me how they want to be, how they want to treat me. So I just do what I need to do, and then that's about it. Like, I get the side look, so I get the, oh, you're in charge? Yeah, I'm in charge. So what's up? Like, how can I help you? Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I never really ever let that affect me because once I do, I I feel like I'm (laughs) I feel like I'm giving them the power to dictate how I feel about myself. You're talking about never... employees, right? The employees and then just the customers or just the higher ups or whatever that looks like. Customers, they never really tried me, per se. I think it's the employees definitely going from different store to different store. Then you have to, they have to learn you and then they get a realization of what it is kind of thing. What about the big wigs when you see them? How they are? How are they? Oh, the big boys? No, them suits. Them suits. You know what I'm talking about. I guess they come to a point where it is what it is kind of thing. Like, I never had, like, an awkward look or an awkward situation with them. They kind of either get it or they don't get it and kind of go from there. So I haven't really had a bad experience, per se, in terms of, like, the corporate world or in terms of work i think it's just the employees just learning me and accepting or not accepting up to you but it's either you're gonna do this job or not ass. exactly you know if you don't <laughs> respect this and guess what get the f- out yeah it's good to have some power i ain't gonna hold you it's, it's, get them all fired Keith. because i definitely have this one employee who i definitely feel like has a problem or an issue with what it is and who i am and he's realizing now that I'm not, I'm not playing with you. You're going to either do this job, you're going to come to work, or you're not going to have a job. Because what we're not going to do is go back and forth. What we're not going to do is you're not going to play with me. And that's kind of it. But to kind of piggyback off of what Theo said about um, getting respect in the hood type thing, like having to not to fight your way out sometimes. I never necessarily been called faggot until 
I would say was my 22nd birthday. And I was in a club in the city. And this gentleman was speaking to my friend who was a lesbian. He was trying to dance the first this time. I thought he was being mad thirsty. And he felt the type of way that I started dancing with her. So then, like, at the end of the night, when it's coat check time, getting your coat and all that stuff, he decided to press me and look, at, look my way and call me faggot. And that was that was, that was the end. I just seemed black. So you beat his ass, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Let him know. <laughs> I beat his ass, and then... <laughs> and that was kind of it. Just, like, growing up. The nigga is in the hood was trying to test me I guess to benefit me because they knew I was gay, but they didn't accept it. But they wanted to still knew I had hands, so I knew how to defend myself. So I guess giving them a thumbs up for that per se. But niggas in the hood knew not to test me. One, because of my brother. Two, because they already knew what it was. Like, you can say what you want to say. You can look at me how you want to look at me. You can talk to mm-hmm. me and not talk to me. But know that all your friends and all your girlfriends is going to be talking to me. And know that mm. once you press me, <laughs> that's it. Like, once you press me, game's over. And sad to say is a lot of the straight men are ashamed to get their ass beat by gay men. Like, they always want to fight one because they feel like, right. oh, I'm going to beat the guy out of him or I'm going to show him what's up, or you're not about that life, so I'm about to show you. And then when you get your ass beat, then you, you're the one looking stupid. You're the one looking dumb. Because now you got your ass beat by, quote-unquote, a faggot, like you said. It, that part, that, that is. portion is very double-sided because they're fighting a man, but when they lose, you lost to a girl. No. Right. Well, yeah. In a way, where they feel like it's, well, in a feminine standpoint, but, nah. In their mind. One one thing I'm learning about these stories that uh, nigga from the hood is a nigga from the hood, so you better watch out if you fuck with him. You, <laughs> you fuck with a nigga from the hood. You know, don't think it's going to be easy. going to fuck you up. Let me say. <laughs> I, I got a question because we're all the same age, same era. You know, um, we've all either used or heard the word faggot. So I have a two-part two question. What are words and terms that the two of you feel offended by? And when you first was called the word faggot, how did you feel? Oh, this. <laughs> I think he just told us. He went black. No. <laughs> I guess for me, I never paid attention to words, per se. But I knew that faggot, at least for me, like I never internalized the word, so I never really gave it life until that moment. But after that, I never give it life, or I just don't hear it. Like, you can say it, but I just never hear it, kind of thing. So, but I internalize that to equate to nigger. Like, for me, like, once you, when you call a gay man a faggot, I feel like that's, like, the lowest you can ever call someone. Mm. Besides being called uh, a nigger for a black person and a bitch for um, a mm. woman. Yeah, and I guess a, a spec for a Spanish person. So it's like the, the lowest derogatory name you could call somebody. Right, but then like once you don't give a life, it doesn't 
give them that power to feel like they really did something. Okay, you call me a faggot, now what? Like, what, is, what else do you have to say? What did you not say? Right. Nothing? So you call me a faggot, you got, a, you got a, your feelings, you got upset, but I'm still here. And I'm still living my but, life, whether you like it or not. <laughs> how about you, Aunt? Um, I would say, so the F word, I don't like the F word. I find that very offensive. Um, I do say it sometimes, but I feel like I can say it. Mm. Um, it's like having a black pass, like a, a black person could say nigga, it, but exactly, no one else exactly. could. <laughs> um, but I say it for a specific reason, because I feel like, okay, there's gay, and then there's there's sometimes it's like, you know what? You did some faggot shit. <clears throat> so I, I have to, that's just me. So Hakeem, if I'm offending you, I apologize. But I believe no, no, no. there's, you know, being a gay person, being who you are, and living in your truth, and then doing some faggot shit. Like, um, it's like some faggot shit is walking into a room and start, you know, flirting with guys. That's some faggot shit. Because now you're making people uncomfortable. You're not respecting people's boundaries. And you're being messy. That's not cool. That's not who we are as a community. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's like yep. it's like it's like when wow, black people dude. are being embarrassed by you being mad ratchet. You're like, come on, bro. Like, you exactly. Like you're doing nigga shit. Like we don't all act like that. Like don't don't do that. Right. So I, that's I the only can... time I will use that word to describe faggot shit. <laughs> I, I get where you're coming from. I would just, I would just kind of call it like bullshit. I wouldn't necessarily call it that. But that's an interesting, I guess, correlation to it. Yeah, because I, when I, you know, when I was growing up, like, I was called that word for a long time. So I think for me, I had to take my power back when it comes mm-hmm. to that word. So I'm like, I think when people say that, that's because they have a specific depiction of, or picture in their mind of what a gay person is and what a gay person does. So that would, and I guess you could say that would be the stereotypical, when you think of a gay guy, this is what it looks like. Can you repeat that? Can you say that again? Cause oh, and I was saying, I, I, I feel like, um, you know, the other community, straight people, they have in their mind what they think gay people are and what gay people act like. But just like every other orientation, we're so multifaceted that each and every one of us is different. But there are some people that literally do meet that stereotypical what you think a gay person is when you look them up in the dictionary. Mm-hmm. Um, the other word that I don't like is dyke. Hate that word. Like, that actually like makes me hate the word dyke and I think that's that's it for me in terms of words do y'all know what a dyke is that's like a lesbian right 
That was the next. That was the next question I was gonna ask. Why is the term dyke used? Because what do you think the ignorant people who use the word dyke, what do they? What is the word they should use, if any word? Um. So, I have to be honest. I can give my opinion. So my opinion is, um, maybe just say a lesbian. Yeah. Um, and in the in the hood, we use the term stud. But or AG, AG, I heard yeah. AG a lot. I heard AG, yeah. Really but to be then, real, like a... yeah. But that stands for, AG stands for aggressive. Aggressive, yeah, exactly. So, like he tell, it's like, <laughs> that's like mm. beyond lesbian. That's like yeah, you're like the the man of that relationship, basically. But that. That's why I say I call that my opinion because I don't think that is a question that I, as a man, should be answering. Understood. Because I shouldn't be telling people how to address someone else. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's a conversation to have with a stud. Like, what would you like people to call you or refer to you as? And I don't think me as a man should be answering that question. I can still give my opinion, but (laughs) I can be the one to be like, oh, this is what you say. What about you, Akeem? I know you was about to say something as well, right? Um, I just feel like, yeah, I don't don't necessarily know what what the right term would be to call them. Just I guess a lesbian or aggressive female. But it, <laughs> I would, it would just be call up them to... lesbian. <laughs> I think I'll just keep it simple. Like, Yeah, it would just be up to, like they said, to that person or what they would want to be yeah. named or categorized as. Actually, I'm a, because I, I had conversations with some lesbians and they do identify, like, I think, you know, within that lesbian community, identify certain girls as AGs or something like that. I never I never heard another girl call another girl dyke, though. That might be, like, just another insult, just as faggot would be. But um, as far as yeah. that, just a lesbian, and again, that's more a conversation we would have to have with, um, you know, a woman who's attracted to women, you know, who has relationships yeah. like that. Um, and the reason why I don't like that word dyke is because it's always said with contempt. Like mm. the tone of the person's voice. So <laughs> it was so funny because at the beginning of this conversation, I was going to reference Mean Girls when <laughs> Carlton has said homosexual. <laughs> and there was like a scene in the beginning with the rednecks and these little kids was like and the homosexuals <laughs> <laughs> but the, now I, I'm like I have another Mean Girls reference because yeah, when mean they girls. were talking about Janice um, what's the name she said Dyke and she said it with like such contempt in her yeah, voice and I'm bigger, like yeah. that's real like it's never meant as a term of endearment it's meant to like literally it's tear so, you down it's yeah. like calling a black a white person calling a black person a nigga i understand that um do you have any more questions actually i don't think you answered this um anthony um so in uh on theo ivory in the, in the wrestling world um i see that you post sometimes you know pictures of uh you and some buddies i think i forgot which who's in um it's like Sonya something that's in um, AEW, right? Sonny Kiss. Sonny Kiss in AEW. I think y'all saw you had posted a picture with him. 
I like it. It's oh, group and stuff. that's my baby. Yeah, um, it seemed like you have a really close knit community uh, within the wrestling community. Uh, you want to talk about how it is? How it is there? Uh, yeah. Hold on. Thank you. Sorry, buy me something to drink. Um, no diggity. So, uh, a reason why I got my times mixed up today is because my brain has just been all over the fucking place um, since Daphne died. Like, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I just saw about um, that this morning, actually. Read about it. So, like, for me personally, that was very traumatizing because <clears throat> I lost two friends to suicide. Um, the most recent one was back was a few months ago. Um, and both times, nobody knew. It's like, you know, like, oh, yeah, they were, you know, sad or whatever. But, you know, everybody's fucking sad. You don't think they're going to fucking kill themselves. But with her, not everyone saw it, but some of us saw the video. She went on um, IG Live. She had the gun, and she was like, I'm alone. Like, don't you get it? And she was, that's what sparked, like, hey, we got to get the police over there. We got to get the police over there. So, like, I was very traumatized by that because it's very rare you see the call for help before it happens. So to actually see the call for help and know that we weren't able to get there in time, like I was just devastated. Like I was like crying Thursday because in this business, the part that sucks is a lot of us are alone. Like I wanted to be a wrestler since I was 10. And I remember my grandmother laughed at me um a lot of family members laughed at me i remember my aunt tanya and my cousin dread they were the only two that supported me they were like oh that's what you want to do go ahead like you can do it um and a lot of us go through that same thing like our family doesn't support us they don't come to shows they don't buy merch um it's literally like you just stopped existing and mm-hmm. it feels like, wow, like I'm living my dream. I had a dream and I went out and I made it happen. And you really just start to see a lot of true colors in people. Like when you start going after your dreams, you realize the people that start drifting off from you never attempted to achieve theirs. So it's hard for them to support you. And you start to see that. Um, But that's why our community is so close because nobody understands what it's like for your body to hurt every day. (laughs) There are days where you're like, wait, why why does my shoulder hurt? Or why does this hurt? Or very few people can understand what it's like to take five full minutes just to roll over in bed because you're in that much pain from, you know, training or the bumps. So our lifestyle, it's so crazy. And just like I said, like how during the whole week I'm on go, I got to go to my shoot job, then I got to go to training. Then the weekend's coming, then I have bookings. Like I miss birthdays. I miss weddings and you miss so many things. 
And because you never know, you know, what booking or what show is going to be that opportunity for me to be seen. So it's just really hard. It's, it's rewarding because we're doing what we love and it's our dream. Like, it's insane. <laughs> so watch the video back and like, wow, that's me. Um, but yeah, it, it does, it gets, it's very lonely at times, very. You know, that's crazy that you even brought that up um, because I was I was I brought that up in that the episode that the glass half empty half full and we were talking about positivity and negativity. And I, and I was saying how people uh, have the wrong perception on what depression is. They see it as negativity and people don't understand how like I said, yo, I, I think I, I do remember saying, like, do you really think anyone wants to actually be alone? So like those are like one of the key indicators of like checking up on somebody and stuff like that and um and this one thing it leads to that depression especially when you're alone leads to shit like that so but i hear you when it comes to the, the rest of the community and in general just especially when you're not being supported financially and you you have to work harder and then the only people that understand your struggles are the people that's uh that's surrounding you at the moment doing what you're doing so um i understand that's that's yeah, and, and I don't want to, you know, make it seem like all bad because I definitely have had family um, pop up, send me a picture with one of my shirts on it. I'm like, oh, That's shit. Nice. So, you know, I definitely don't want to make it seem like it's all negative because it's not. Um, I definitely have had family, you know, buy a shirt and do that. But um, I think... Not only with wrestling, I think, because you guys are doing your podcast, mm -hmm. um, you know, some people may be doing music. I think we have our expectations of what we think supporting that looks like. That's and funny. if it doesn't match what our expectations are, then that is another mental issue that we have to deal with. Because now we're like, oh, y'all is not supporting me. <laughs> yeah, no, a little bit of that. One thing I remember my cousin told me before you st I started this podcast. He's like, "Just don't expect it. The whole family to just be on board with your stuff. You're gonna, you gonna, it's gonna be a road where it's gonna be lonely, and and you find the supporters within that community, mostly. So, but isn't that? Yeah. How did you feel when he said that? Because my aunt said that to me after I wrote my book, and I was pissed. But um, five years later, I'm like, yeah. she was so right. You know what it is? It's like, it's something I expected because it's something I, I honestly, I just dealt with my whole life. Not with just with family, but with friends too. Just like, um, and you know, when people don't think you're doing well, they, they, you know, they tend to look down on you until success comes and everybody wants to come around as well. So, you know, it's something that I'm like, okay, I knew I'm going into something that not a lot of people are going to support because there's a podcast everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So like it's gonna be some time and, and plus like we don't we don't have everything there. Like, you know what I'm saying? We still gaining chemistry, we we still getting quality equipment, like we don't even do video yet. Like we don't have everything there. So I I don't expect everybody's support. I, I, I appreciate who does support us and lets me know like moving forward who I would wanna partner with and like 
who I was like would want to keep around. You know what I'm saying? But like it's one of the things that like I I expected. I expect to be embarrassed at this because all our shit is not good. You know what I'm saying? But, like, it's something that, you know, I had the passion for. Just like you had the passion for wrestling and you just do it without hesitation. You know, you know, you take the good with the bad, you know? Can I tell you something about that really quick, Carlton? You have the perfect mindset. Like, because when we start as independent wrestlers, I guarantee you, you could be wrestling for five years. And you look back just a, a few months ago and you're like, oh, like you always have to be constantly evolving. So you have to have mm. something to look back to. Like I look back on my exactly. year when I first started. Oh, my God. Like it had a long ass crotch, which <laughs> any gear maker will tell you like that's really bad because it's supposed to be fitted. But it was a long project, kept ripping. It was generic as hell. And then I look at, you know, stuff when I wrestle with my gear. Now my gear costs almost almost $400. Um, and I look at it and I'm like, with my gear on, I look like a fucking star. But then I look like, I look at the pictures from a year ago and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm like, I look, it's beautiful because I get to see the progression, progression. And yep. I think... For you guys, like, literally, when you start getting better equipment, you're going to be like, yo, you hear that clarity? Like, it didn't sound like that last week. So, like, that's the right mindset to have. Just keep building, keep growing, and keep evolving so you have things to look back and say, look at how far we came. Started from the bottom, now we hit. No, <laughs> no but for real, like, that, 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 is, that, is, that is the mindset for real. You, you pinpoint it right there. We on the same. We on the same page with that for sure. Um, um Sprite, yeah. is your mother still mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's still the same old Jackie. Yeah. I am scared of Miss Jackie. Like when she used to pull up to the school, I'd be like, "Thank God Rodney was not a bad kid," because she seems like the mother that will beat your ass in the school and dare the teacher to say something. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Oh shit. Yeah, um, me and Spider so, are brothers, and we got the same mother. That's <laughs> <laughs> definitely her. But as far as the evolution, um, what you guys are speaking on, I mentioned this to Carlton uh, in the past. Um, that's definitely true because I look at myself, and with this conversation, uh, I'm pretty sure Anthony's going to know who I'm referring to. So, you know, we went to school with two people that I, I didn't know. Well, one person specifically, I didn't know what their preference was. And it took me waiting until everyone graduated from high school and being in college and then, you know, coming home from breaks and then meeting up with people during their breaks. to oh. be like, why? I'm like, was I not mature enough back then for them to I be honest and open? bitter about that. Ugh. Fucking Frank Steeler. I'm, mm, so yeah, you definitely know what I'm talking about. So I'm like, uh, I'm not mature enough. And you know, I I look at myself now. It's just like, you know what, maybe I wasn't the best. I just, I just, I just don't want to be lost because I feel like, you know, I'm like, wait a minute. I know, do I know what you're talking about? But yeah. Or it's just, you know, put a bleep on it. That would be even better. See, I'm still learning. I'm still learning, bro. (laughs) I don't even know how to fucking put a bleep. (laughs) 
I don't know how to put a bleep. I'll, I'll, I'll get you the bleep sound. Don't worry about it, bro. I got you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, I don't think he knew at that time, Rodney. Hmm. Because that's the thing. I think a lot of people have this mindset of, you know, like when puberty comes, because that's when you, all your hormones start activating. Right. And that's when you know, and it's like, like me, I always knew who I was. I knew what I liked. I knew that if I didn't like men, I wouldn't have enjoyed the things that I've done with men. I knew that if I didn't like girls, I wouldn't enjoy the things that I did with girls. Um, so I knew who I was. But some people didn't have those experiences. And he comes across to me as very pure. And I still mm. see that, like he's still, he not innocent, like he still has an innocence about him, even right. as old as we, not as old as we are now, but as you know, we're older now, but he, I can still see that innocence in him. So I think unlike someone like me, I was forced, I had to figure it out fast because unfortunately someone took that away from me. But when you're allowed to, you know, come to it in your own time it takes literally your own time and however long that takes to figure out i knew ahead of time and i told i, I told my friend i was like he fucking wants you he's trying to steal you away from me oh my god 10 i hated mm. i hated mm. oh mm. and when, mm -mm. And when he got his ass jumped who was the one oh. that jumped in the middle? Oh. Get in, get into it, get into oh, it. Oh, no, you talking about the? You talking about that one situation? I remember, Conte, I remember that. And, they, and, and then this nigga got mad at me. Is that the? Is that the situation? Yes. Yeah, that's when, when he got mad, now, like I didn't step got, in to stop him or some shit. Like that was like that was. He got jumped by the basketball yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Those two little bitches that he dumped me for. Went in the classroom and closed the door, and I dove in the fucking yes. Carlton and I was already in the class. They ran in. Carlton and I didn't know what the hell was going on. Because yeah. at that time, that's when there's a lot of horse playing going on in between the halls. And yeah. Carlton and I were like, what the fuck are they talking about? So then when we registered it, we're like, wait, you're telling us this, and he's getting jumped. That's when Carlton and I were like, all right, let's go. But, you know, that, that's when everything's And y'all were the and only ones he had smoke for. I'm like, really? These were the two niggas that was by your side as it happened, and they fucking left you. That and here it. I come, like, fucking say, Captain save -a jumping in the middle of that shit. Fucking cradling him like you better not fucking hit him. Wow, I didn't see that part either. Well, I yeah, thought that when was his stupid. Parents came. Who was there? Me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and I bet you still go back to them two bitches. And he did. Hold on, wait. So you was you was you was with him at the time, or you was? No, I was behind them. Oh. <clears throat> and I saw everything happen, and I'm like, for me, I I am very. Um, what's that word when you, you're a reactor? Gotcha. Like my instincts just kick in right away. And my immediate instincts were to protect him because even though I ain't fuck with him at that time, I still loved him as my friend. Yeah. Like he was my first friend in high school. 
Um, and we had like so many great memories together. So it's like, even though I may not fuck with you, I'll still love you and I don't want nothing bad to happen to you. So like my instincts just kicked in. Yeah, my instincts just kicked in right away. Yo, you know what's funny? And they was beating his ass. I'm gonna they fucked him uh, I up wanted, I'm not gonna lie, I wanted to smoke because Carlton was probably the first and one of few people that noticed that Sprad in school is not the Sprad outside of school. So yeah, when that happened, <laughs> I you know, I wanted to smoke for def, you know, for different reasons because that group of people, I don't know if you witnessed it, Carlton, or even you, Ant, but when they were together, act like complete fools, assholes. Dicks, jerks, when they were separate, what's up? Or what's just up? regular, quiet, and that shit always got on my nerves. So when that incident happened, you know, that's why I was just like, oh man. You see, I didn't have that problem with them. I had like a yo, what's up with each and every one of them, even as a group. I would always be like, you know, what's up? So I don't know if it was like a respect thing because. I was, you know, just cool with all of them. Not friends, just cool with all of them. But, right. you know, you're absolutely right. Separately, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, what's up? They're How a lot you more doing? friendly when they went with each other. They were being the cool guys, you know. The, the yeah, and I knew that. Player. And I knew that. So I never kids like tried that, to hold a conversation. Because I'm like, all right, yeah, I don't want to be seen talking to the gay guy. Whatever. So I would do shit to protect myself. Like, say what's up and keep it moving. Nah, yeah, nah, that's it. I just, it's just crazy because, you know, again, that's how they were. That's the, and this is why I came to, this is some of the things that, like, I saw growing up about how, like, gay people were treated. And it was, like, a lot of bashing for no reason. A lot, it's like bullying. And, like, you know what I'm saying? They were, like, the targets that you go to. And, 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 and for whatever reasons. Yeah. And but you most had to, of the time. Yeah. Go ahead. Most of the time that that happens, I feel like they're not either comfortable within their sexuality or they're questioning their sexuality. Mm. So now they want to attack you because you're free, you're open, you're honest with yourself, you know who you are, but you're still questioning who you are because you're so pigeonholed and stereotyped to this, I need to be straight because I'm in the black community or I'm in the Latin community or whatever community you're in. I have to be this way because this is what I was brought up to be. But we're still dealing with that now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. But, but so, like, Carlton, this is where I want to say, um, I, I think heterosexual people, straight people, they they don't know the signs to look for. Mm. And this is why mm. I say I knew the whole time. Damn, I think it was going to be a part you had to cut out. <laughs> oh, you're going to, I mean. Well, well, well Carlton, determined. Well, Carlton determined. You, yeah, you're determined. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I've probably never revealed this to you, Carlton. No, I haven't to you, Ant, and I don't know if I told you this, Carlton, but you probably took it as a joke. So, I don't know, years ago, my brother, I guess he said it jokingly, but it was serious. He was just like, no, you was at a point where I wasn't sure if you was going to be gay or not. Oh, shit. So, I, like, when he said that, I was like, wait, what? Because I knew growing up, him and I were very close. We look alike. People called us twins. But we were very opposite people, Carlton. You found that out yourself. So I guess his process of, you know, you hitting puberty and then you hitting the teenage years and, you know, you're going after girls. You know, it, I didn't have the same process, you know, same journey he did. So, you know, he was very 
active early on than I was. And I was kind of like reserved and like picky and selective and seeking out. And, you know, you're trying to find confidence. You're finding who you are. So what I was going to ask you, Anthony, I was just like, you being, you know, a gay man, was that the read on me? Like, because I, I, I couldn't believe my brother said that. Um, <clears throat> so I was going to say this earlier, but I mean later, but I'll say it now. Um, I really appreciate people like you, Carlton. Um, there were so many other people in our class that never treated me any different. Like y'all treated me like one of the boys. And I really appreciate that. And I think that says a lot about you as a person and even more about how you were raised because children are products of how they're brought up. Um, I um I the read that. that I got, yeah, no doubt. The read I got on you spread was you didn't know who you were yet. And I mean that in all aspects. I never not I never, not even thinking about sexuality. Just mm. you didn't know who you were because you knew how I felt about your brother. <laughs> <laughs> But that was because he was so different from you. Like, he was super confident. Like, when he walked in the room, it was like, this nigga's here. But you, even though y'all look so much alike, y'all were like twins, y'all were just so different. And I just always felt like you were figuring out who you were. And I got to say, you're knowing you through those three years of high school, it was pretty amazing to watch. Because I felt like, and this is going to be corny as fuck, but I felt like you were literally, you started as a caterpillar. And then you just like became a butterfly. Like literally anyone that can, that was in your life at that time from freshman year I don't know senior year, but you know, from freshman year to senior year, they could they can attest to the fact that every year it's like you were evolving into like a new person. That's a fact. Versus a lot of us had already done it. I felt like you were just like a late bloomer. And it was really kind of cool to watch because you never became somebody you weren't. It was just a more confident person of who you already were. That's true. Where basically in, in, in funny terms, right? You became the scrawny little man, but now you're a piece of me for most of these people out here. And good job. <laughs> and good yeah, that was job. really deep, bro. Cause now I feel like any of my high school friends. <laughs> 